Welcome to the Corporate Caffeine Podcast. Today's episode is actually a recording from one of my recent live streams. I do these every Wednesday at 12.30 Central on Facebook and on LinkedIn. I'd love for you to join me there. Just a warning though, these are a little weirder and a lot more personal. So I hope you enjoy and let's go ahead and dive right in. Hey you guys, Dacia here. That means it's Wednesday at 12.30 because this is when I go live with y'all um, on my live stream. We, I am on, we, me, myself, and I, <laughs> and you are on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and also on YouTube on our Corporate Caffeine channel. So um, welcome to Corporate Caffeine. So whether you um, are a current follower or somebody that's never seen me before, basically the weirdness of these Wednesdays is that we go personal. We talk about mindset, we talk about success, we talk about hurdles, and we do it in two different directions. We talk about individual impact and your individual journey, and then we also couch it inside of your organizational journey because I do not believe that work is a four-letter word, and I believe that you should not think that either. I believe, and actually I know it to be true, that if you harness your work to respect your gifts, you can transform your joy and really step into your potential and the why are you even here and what's it all about. So I am a big believer that work should never be compartmentalized. It should be studied. You should be curious about it. You should be curious about how you show up and your pains and your baggage and your successes and your excitements and all of the things. But I believe in a whole life. And that's what we talk about on this show, just on the business side of things. So um, you, uh, if you saw me last week, I did a teaser broadcast, if you will. It really wasn't a teaser. I mean, I kind of went deep on mindset because I'm a really big believer in this. Um, but we're talking about recession planning. Some people think there's a recession already here. Some people think there's a recession coming. Some people think it's hooey. I don't care what you think. What I do think is that anytime that there is going to be change or that there is radical change, think every single day in this wonky world. But anyways, anytime that there is change or impending change, this is an opportunity for you to get prepared to be the next version of your best self. You are about to be your better self. I mean, this really hits home for me because when I think back through my struggles and my failings and the things I got wrong and the ways that I almost lost it all, um, every single time I get beyond that, I think, but I wouldn't have changed in this way or that way without that struggle. And I'm reading an interesting book right now um, called uh, Small Giants. And it's about smaller companies that embrace excellence and heart in their team over, well, over just growth as the only measure of success. And it's very inspiring, very interesting. But in that book, I mean, there's several stories where, you know, that decision to become more heart-centered and values-centered and excellence-centered versus growth-centered, um, really a lot of people have been talking about how they had to hit a version of rock bottom, whether it was with their family or whether it was with business or whether it was with a struggle. 
in order to become the person that they are today. And that person was able to change the game for themselves, for their business and for others. And so you rarely hear successful people. I would, I would dare to say never hear super successful people, um, especially ones with a whole view of success say, I wish that struggle had never happened, or I wish I'd never gone through it. I'm not saying anybody enjoys it. I'm just saying, don't hate the journey. And I've spent a lot of time doing that and it's worthless and useless. And so don't do that. So, um, food for thought. Now, before we dive into on today's, uh, series in our recession planning guide, is it a guide? I guess I just said it's a series, so I really shouldn't say that, but there's going to be a couple different topics. And so first of all, I'm going to be bringing on some great great guests, somebody around future planning and turning opportunities in or challenges into opportunities. I'm going to be talking to one of my friends who's an amazing financial expert. And I'm going to be talking to another one of my friends who is an amazing people leader, you know, and, and, and really untangling people problems. So we're going to go in a couple really, really cool directions. I'm going to keep bringing in special guests. So this eight week series might actually turn into more than that just depends on what you guys like. But inside of the content that I'm creating when my guests are not on, there's going to be a couple core topics that we're going to be going through today. We're going to be talking about prioritization and how to not prioritize you're crazy. And so I will tell you what I mean by that. But this is really, really important because humans, we are predictably irrational and we need to predict our own irrationality and hedge our bets <laughs> and protect us and protect other people from ourselves, um, you know, in that lizard brain that is constantly whispering fear messages into our lives. Um, so prioritization is going to be one. We're going to do, we're going to talk also though about specific and tactical prioritization, not just the mindset prioritization. So that's what's on, on the bill for today. We are going to be talking about messaging. How does your message to your family, to your team, to your customers, to your prospect change when the world is recognizing communal upheaval? So we're going to be doing a deep dive in messaging and how to make your messaging more influential and more impactful and more heartfelt, but still garnering results. We um, are also going to, on a separate topic, we are going to dive into alignment. So how do you align your goals and your objectives and your strategies and your thinking with all of the other people in the world? Again, customers, prospects, team members, family, stakeholders, partners, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How do you align with those separate and sometimes differing agendas in order to create momentum that creates prosperity for everybody. So we're going to be doing a deep dive into alignment in one of these weeks. We're also going to be talking about optimization. Everybody has stuff in their life that's working personally, professionally, things that you are naturally gifted at. How do you accelerate and maximize what's working so that you can quiet down the things that suck success away and that distract you from what's working? Like, how do you find, you know, the magic in, in the momentum inside of what's already happening? Because especially during a recession, you need to know what's working and you need to accelerate that. You need to put the gas uh, behind that, light that fire. A um, couple more things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about resource management. Wah, wah. But emotionally speaking, it's where we go to very quickly. So we are going to be talking about budgeting. We're going to be talking about team. We're going to be talking about how to make difficult cuts. We're going to be talking about where to focus your attention. 
what to cut out of your own life. So how do you manage your resources? And any of you guys that know me, I define resources in by three different ways. We're talking about financial resources, of course, but we also identify time as a resource and attention as a resource. But in this example, we are going to go beyond that. We're going to be talking about your human resources, your relationship equity, um, the resources inside of your business, your talents. We're going to really take a broad swath around how do you allocate those resources appropriately when it is a time that is restricting. And then we are always through each one and around the block, we are always, always going to come back to mindset. So specifically, we're going to be talking about faith. We're going to be talking about emotion, and we're going to be talking about what it takes to navigate downturns in a way that literally and purposefully brings out your next best version of yourself, because this is what's possible. Downturns can create your next big prosperity and your next big opportunity. It can create your next big idea. It can create the better self because you've learned and you've struggled through your blind spots. It can strengthen relationships. If you are on the same page, um, it can maximize your influence in the world. As long as you are bringing the right things to the table. So um, I've heard this saying before, probably from Dave Ramsey and a couple others, but don't ever waste a good recession and we're not going to now. And so I always want to make sure we get ahead of that. So that's what's coming your way. That kind of gives you the framework of what we're thinking. And today we are going to talk about prioritization. Um, but before I jump into that specifically, I just have to share where I'm be where I am personally. I always I, you know, I promise that these sessions are a little weirder and a lot more personal. And so um, a week and a half ago, uh, we launched my nephew, Liam, um, into the world of the Army. And so he just joined the military. He's um, going in as infantry airborne. And so, so exciting. So any of my prayer warriors out there, you know, I pray for protection and discernment and strength for him. We just launched uh, one of my sons, one of my twins. So he just left to... Uh, chases baseball dreams. He's got a baseball scholarship at a college out in West Texas. And so always praying for a lamp into his feet. And then um, we've got one more leaving for Arkansas in two weeks. So, oh, you guys, my mama heart, this is crazy. And I think one of the interesting things I just want to share with you is that there's some really weird tension happening in anybody who any of you fellow parents who have launched or entered any sort of empty nesting phase um, can probably relate to this, that you're, there's a lot, there's deep sadness, right? I'm just going to suck up the tears because they come <laughs> unbidden all the time this month. Um, but, you know, it's the end of a certain phase in our life. It's everything new. Um, you know, and there's just all of these emotions. I can't use too many words because I will trigger tears there, but you know, it's, it's leaving something behind basically, but, and thankfully there's more excitement than there is sadness because I'm seeing these amazing young people finding themselves, finding their voice, finding their strength, finding their mistakes and finding their way. And that is amazing. It's so exciting. And so thank God I have more excitement than I do sadness, but wow, it's weird to feel these dramatically different emotions all in the same heart, all in the same moment, all in the same space and time. And it's very strange, but it occurred to me, um, this is not 
uh, um, abnormal. This is actually super normal. It's a part of how we're created. And I don't know what the lesson exactly is here. You know, one of the small lessons that I'm realizing is that you can hold dissonance together. You are capable. I am capable. We all are of being in confusing paradoxes or seeming seeming paradoxes. We're capable of holding disparate things in our mind and in our hearts and still being strong and still showing up in integrity for other people, even though there's a little bit of a battle going on in your head or your heart. And the reason I say this is not abnormal, and it's not just because there's other empty nesters out there. It's not just because I'm not the first human being that's ever gone through this. It's, you know, when I look at this um, in the Bible, even Jesus talks about having these scenarios. And so there was a time when he raised Lazarus from the dead and in the Bible, it communicates that he was sad and he was heartbroken and he knew it was going to be okay. And he felt both of those and the same thing. I mean, he had a broken heart when he looked at people's brokenness and their pain and their struggle, even though he knew he was going to heal them immediately. And it was going to change things forever. You know, he held that disparate dissonance. And so I figure, well, if God can handle that and he created us in his image, then, you know, maybe there's something um, for my future mature heart to learn from that about um, expanding the boundaries of my heart and my spiritual abilities um, when it comes to cumbersome and confusing emotional situations. So I don't know if anybody's got thoughts on that. I would love to hear them, but that was a little bit of my random wanderings for the day. So I am going to shift back over to the promised topic, which is not prioritizing your crazy. And so let's go ahead and jump right in. So sorry, I am flipping down to my notes. Here we go. So one of the things that you've heard me say last week is you need to be the change. You guys, for anybody that says that change is coming or change just hit us, those are people that did not plan ahead. Change is always here every day, all the time. To say that you're not prepared for it is ludicrous. Now, you might not be emotionally prepared for it, but you should just from a practical, logical standpoint, be like, hey, things are always going to change. And that means, hey, Every single day, every single conversation, you have an opportunity to shed some honesty inside of your own brain, inside of your relationships around change happens. And how are we going to navigate that? If A, B, or C happens, what are some ways that we can look at that? Or what are some strategies that we can go to that help us not be freaking crazy? Because what happens when we are unprepared for change is that our emotions lead the way everything. There's a recency bias that we have in our brain. Everything that is right here, right in front of us, that becomes priority. But guess what? That is typically not the truth. It is typically not what you actually need to be prioritizing. It's seriously not appropriate. So you've got to pre-think, what are you prioritizing? The big, big piece here is not having a problem orientation, but instead having an opportunity orientation. I am not trying to pretend that there are not problems in the world and that every piece of change is, you know, hallelujah, amazing. I'm so excited about this. No, of course not, which is why we're talking about this. But you can choose how to view it and how to navigate it no matter how it feels. Your emotions are not your truth. Let me repeat that. 
your emotions are not your truth. And if you choose to let your emotions be in control of you, well, then you're not in control of anything. So just be very, very careful around that. Be the change. Do not react to change. And that is about a mindset. Um, so to jumping off from the tail end, from a mindset standpoint, use gratitude on purpose. Say out loud to yourself and in your journey and in your relationships and with your team, and even just out loud in the car to yourself, I am so thankful for this. I am so grateful for this. You guys, this is armor for your soul and for your mind. Gratitude is a transformative behavior. It's not just a feeling. It is a choice. It is an action. It is something you step into on purpose. So remember, you always have powerful protections at your call, at your beck and call anytime you want, but you have to turn those into from, those from feelings and the perception of a feeling into an action, into a behavior, and eventually into a habit, you know, or an attitude of gratitude. It is an absolute game changer. Um, so specifically when we're talking about priorities, yes, you need to prioritize gratitude because it changes how you approach things and it gives you the eyes to see opportunities instead of problems. But from a practical business side of things, and if you guys want to relate business to personal finances, I think that's probably appropriate, but I'm going to use business language because I'm a business owner and a, and a business grower. And so we're going to use language of business. So um, from a prioritization, what should you be prioritizing instead of chasing after fear? So first things first, you should not be making blanket cuts. Do not just be like, we're cutting all of this or cutting out all of this or none of this. You shouldn't just lop off something like an amputation. You should take a scalpel, like a surgeon to things and really start thinking about what's festering, what is hurting you, what is not serving you, or, you know, where are your risks? So no matter what you're looking at in your life and in your business, use a scalpel approach when you're cutting. So again, that is about being opportunity oriented, not problem oriented. It's about being clear and not letting your emotions create knee-jerk reactions. So when you're prioritizing, what do you keep? So that was prioritizing what to cut. And we're going to talk about that more on the resource allocation episode. But uh, when you're prioritizing what to keep, first things first, you need to prioritize keeping your customers. A couple percentage points um, of improvement in keeping your customers, so customer retention, not losing your customers, just by improving that a couple of percentage points is equivalent to having a 10% across the board cost cutting measure. Keep what you have, keep what you earned, keep what is yours. But guess what? Just like any relationship or any marriage, those do not stay intact and they do not stay healthy unless you do it on purpose. And your customers are no different. Those are human beings on the other side of those invoices. You should be delighting them. You should be listening to them. You should be checking in with them. And guess what? It is possible for you to be the best part of their day in your engagement. And this does not mean you have to be sunny and smiley all the time. This is simply about being human together and really, really functioning in deep humanity, integrity, and dignity with other people and recognizing their humanity, their integrity, and their dignity in them as well and creating a two-way street. 
it is not about being funny or being silly, like, or, you know, anything like that. Delighting customers, delighting other people, being good to other people is something that you have your, your disposal every single day, all the time, because of your natural giftings and because of your ability to decide to be present and to pay attention, be an active listening instead of active talking. That can be an absolute game changer. So make sure that you are prioritizing your customers. Now, one other thing though, prioritize the customers that are worth keeping. There are some, and I hate to say this, but there are always some customers that literally just seep the joy out of you. This goes for friendships. This goes for relationships. I know this sounds really harsh, but we all know it is true. Think to yourself, why am I prioritizing this person if they're killing my profit, killing my joy, killing my team, right? So prioritize the customers that are profitable. And I mean profit from a financial place, from a joy place, from a mastery place, from a relationship place. Prioritize profitable relationships and profitable customers where both sides are profiting from that relationship. In the other ones, take a scalpel. Customers cost money. And if they are draining your resources, trying to serve them, maybe you can be proactive by structuring your operations around profitable customers instead of around all customers. So that's one thing to think about, kind of a weird one to think about cutting customers in the face of a recession. However, a worthy one, it at least helps you ask great questions and be in a better and more power orientated orientation in your own mind where you feel strong because you're capable of asking those questions no matter what the answers what answers you end up coming across so i was talking about profitable customers we also just want to prioritize profit so this is a distraction that has been real for me in my business journey and thankfully um i think that has been remedied in my heart through an amazing husband, an amazing God, an amazing mentors and friends who are very smart about these things. Prioritize what you keep, not what is showy. So on the business side, um, you know, there might be a company that sells $100 million, but guess what? The costs, like their average sale and the cost of purchasing something like that, like, like let's say a car, right? So they might have ginormous sales because the average cost of what they sell is huge. Fine, right? Now, my business, like we don't have those costs. We don't have those standard enormous um, structures that automatically tally up to 100 million, you know, $1 billion, any sort of, you know, name your personal astronomical number, right? Like, because we're more efficient and because our business model is different, we just don't have embedded costs like the cost of different supplies and the cost of different materials because our materials are our thinking power and our experience and our philosophy, right? So comparison is incredibly, incredibly dangerous. And on top of that, prioritizing the showy number, how much success you've achieved, how much you make, how much you've grown, whatever revenue you have is totally ridiculous if you're spending or losing more money than you bring in. Do not prioritize what you bring in. Prioritize what you keep, period. That's profit, you guys. Prioritize profit. This is on the personal side and on the business side and on the relationship side. What do you keep? 
out of the engagements? What do you keep out of your exchanges? Prioritize profit. Super, super important. Okay, next, prioritize the people in your life, the people that make it happen. Prioritize your team. However you define team, prioritize them. And again, take a scalpel. Um, think about what's happening in your team. Think about what's happening between your team and your customers. Think about ways that you can grow your team. And I mean, grow them as individuals, grow their abilities, grow their confidence, grow their impact. Um, and then be thoughtful, be skeptical about scenarios and relationships where that's not happening. So prioritize your team because they are the ones that will help you be successful. And by the way, this has been a huge learning and a huge growth opportunity for me. And I think it's one that all of us need to step into. You are only as smart as your cranium allows you to be in any given moment. So if you have big dreams, I have big dreams, I have huge dreams. Guess what? Your current thinking and what's locked inside of this cranium is not enough to get you there. If so, your dreams aren't big enough. And so if your dreams are huge, like I, God, I don't know how that's going to happen. Guess who's going to help you get there? The people that God sends your way, because they have different ways to look at it. And there's a multiplication effect, a multiplication of wisdom when multiple people come together and, and work in connection and alignment with one another. And so prioritizing your team is you saying, I know we are going to get through challenging times and we are going to dominate super exciting opportunities because of our collective abilities, not because I'm just the smartest person in the room, because that is typically not how it works. And so this is really, really important. Um, gosh, I've got a great book for you guys about this topic, Tom Zanstra. I wish you were here right now because you would remind me what the name of the book is. Anyways, if I remember, I will post it in the comments, but excellent book about that type of difference in mindset. So really, really important. Okay. Final couple of things in regards to prioritization. I, and first of all, I hope you guys are not like, Hey, thanks, Captain Obvious. These things, these are about asking the right questions and about not prioritizing problems. So you're pointing to things that are good and profitable in your life. And then you ask smart questions about how to maximize and optimize those scenarios and to leverage your current resources. So that's why we're going through this list. So what's the next one? We need to offer Op, um, prioritize late stage deals. So in business, you've got a certain sales cycle. You've got people that almost said yes, or about to say yes, or thinking about saying yes. Whole oh boy, do not treat all opportunities the same. Treat the ones that are about to say yes as the most important and really get fortified behind what do you need to be a good guide to that person, to be a great partner to them in making their decision, to reduce the risk that they face in saying yes to you, to think through the complications um, that you know saying yes to you might create and then go there with them. Be a guide and be a leader. You are never, ever in sales in good, appropriate, amazing, long-term, business-growing, like joy-producing sales. You're never convincing people. You are guiding them. You are empowering them to make great choices. And you are educating them and teaching them almost as a mentor or a coach how to advance past their existing problem or how to optimize or maximize something or how to meet a need, find a desire, get a desire met. There's so much exciting goodness inside of selling because it's about serving someone else as long as you have that paradigm. So 
prioritizing late stage deals, being very strategic, not going it alone, pre-planning those questions, telling the truth, asking really difficult questions and doing what you need to do in order to be in partnership inside of your selling cycle is really, really important. All right. And then the final thing that I've got on this list is about prioritizing the easy yes. Dacia, what in heaven's name do you mean by the easy yes? Because doesn't everybody want that in every aspect of our life? Well, yes. So how do you create that? Well, if you're talking about business, prioritizing the easy yes is really about walking in other people's shoes and understanding and thinking critically about your market. Who are the people and what trends are they facing and what triggers and what emotions do they have right now that are predisposed to say yes to you because you specialize in them. You know them, you understand them, you know what problems they're facing, you know what fears they're facing, and your product, service, offering, gifting, whatever, is uniquely suited to helping them. That's the easy yes. So you got to figure out who is your ideal buyer. This is important work. And then you have to translate into using words that help them recognize and validate what they are going through and how they understand their problem right where they are. Meet them where they are. You're never trying to convince them about you. You're never trying to talk to them about you. You're never trying to smile and wave, you know, your prom queen wave about how amazing you are. They don't care. They need to hear that they are amazing and that they are capable or worthy or deserving of this decision and that what they're going through is real and you're the perfect partner for helping them get it. So that you've got to translate, where is the easy yes? And then how do you talk to those people so that they feel excited and powerful and that you're truly aligned and serving them? So that's where you need to be prioritizing. So don't make cuts across the board. Don't panic. Do not believe that your truth or that your truth is your emotions. Beware of the recency effect that what is right in front of you is not always the prioritization. And a couple final things about what to cut and what not to cut. Cut low yield things, low fruit things in your life. Relationships, customers, problems. If you are spending endless energy on something that is producing no fruit, it's because it's never going to grow and thrive. It's not. You have it on life support. So find the things that you are supporting falsely and cut those out of your life. Do not cut self-care out of your life. Now, I do not mean go buy a gazillion pairs of shoes just because you're an emotional rut. It's not what I mean by self-care. I mean, create margin and space for yourself to think, to ask good questions, create relationships and scenarios where you can be emotionally and spiritually supported so that you can feel brave, so that you can ask questions that you don't know answers to, and that you can use and find your vulnerability as a pathway to your strength and your power. So do not cut self-care. Side note, I suck at this part. So this is from the bottom of my heart, um, important because I can see so evidently, even when self-care is just small little things like being thoughtful about my evening hours so that the next morning I wake up refreshed and capable and clear headed, absolutely critical, but it's just so easy to zombie through 
um, you know, my downtime uh, because I'm overwhelmed and I'm not really in a productive thinking mode. And, you know, we're not perfect. I screw this part up all the time, but my gosh, it is absolute game changer when you just find those cracks and crevices of your day, those five minutes here and there to really be good to yourself, to return to your gratitude, to gratitude of yourself, gratitude for how you were uniquely made and, and your ability to think through things and to find your strength and find your own voice inside of things. Um, it's weird because for as much as I am, hate this word, but recognized for being a good communicator, um, I do not automatically make or, and communicate knee-jerk responses to things. Like I'm one of those people where when I hear something and I have, I didn't see it coming, I need a little bit of time and usually a pen and a piece of paper to think through it. And I've, I've had to learn to give myself permission to say, can I get back to you on that? But that's self-care is not meeting people's expectations just because they want to answer right now and just recognizing I need a little bit of that space in order to return to me in order to really walk in integrity. Um, and then just make sure that you're optimizing what's working, follow your joy, follow your curiosity. Um, not everything has to be hard. I'm not saying that you're never going to have hard times. We've already talked about that, but even getting through hard times, not every single second of the day is hard. Not every single action is hard. Not every single emotion is hard. And those are oftentimes clues to the things that really, really will buoy you and get you through difficult times. Those are the anchors that are going to grow and that are going to, that you're going to take with you as you turn into the next best version of yourself. So you guys, thank you so much for hanging out. I really, really appreciate y'all. Um, would love to hear comments, thoughts, resources, anything like that. And hey, if you know anybody that's got a lot of really good things to say about prepping for downturns or mitigating recessions or, you know, just jumping and capitalizing on hidden opportunities when the world is saying there aren't any, send them my way. I would love to hear what they have to say and possibly invite them onto our podcast. So um, onward and upward, you guys, and um, please go ahead, look up Corporate Caffeine. Um, if you're wanting more on the marketing side, I've got a book on Amazon called Corporate Caffeine. Or if you are loving kind of the personal side of this, we have a podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms, whether it's YouTube or Spotify or, um, you know, iTunes or whatever, um, Amazon prime, all of those, you can find corporate caffeine, or you can just Google my name, Dacia. Thank you, mom, for an unusual name, because it's very easy to find me on social media. And I just appreciate you. So thanks so much for your encouragement onward and upward. Bye-bye.